Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. My name is Olivia Simony, and this morning I will be reading from the book of Job, chapter 1, verses 13 through 19. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabaeans attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. When he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of his house. It collapsed on them, and they are dead, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Olivia, thank you. Olivia, thank you for reading the scripture today. Olivia happens to be in the room, so I'm looking right at Olivia. So thank you, thank you, Olivia, for doing that. And that's, that's awesome. Appreciate you taking time for your busy college schedule to, to do that. So how are you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's the way we often greet one another, right? We see somebody, how are you? Or how, how are you? Different meaning, you know, however we want to emphasize that, but how are you? That's how we often greet somebody. Now, we're not looking for a, a detailed response, really, right? I mean, it's not really what we're looking for. I think what we're trying to communicate in those times is, is to communicate, you're somebody I know and, and someone I care about, and I really hope you're doing well. I mean, I really think that's behind the question, how are you? Of course, sometimes, and our, our typical answer is, I'm fine. Or I'm good, even when we're not, right? Sometimes we're not, but we still say, "Oh, I'm good." It'd be easier just to not talk about it. Mary and I were getting a breakfast sandwich somewhere one day, and uh, there were a couple of women uh, on their computers eating a breakfast sandwich, and they had the same T-shirt on, and so kind of assumed they must work together. And uh, afterwards, uh, we, we loved the T-shirt, and Mary thought, I'd like to order that for our kids. So she wanted to find out where they had gotten the T-shirt. So uh, afterwards, we went over, and she asked about that T-shirt and said, we'd love to have that. And she said, oh, well, there was a group of us. They ordered this for us uh, because we're, we have been COVID nurses, and we were serving as COVID nurses during the lockdown. The t-shirt said, I'm fine, it's fine, everything's fine. Right. I mean, you can just imagine that that would be their response to the many, many, many people who would say, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine, it's fine, everything's fine. And sometimes even though we might be going through a crisis, I'm fine. Well, Job was certainly in the midst of a crisis. That's a brutal 
description of what's going on, right? I'm sorry, Olivia, that you had to read that, that brutal bad news description. I, I talked about Job a few weeks ago, actually, and we, when we were talking about grief and loss and talked about the way that his friends came and sat with him at first and then they began to justify things and all that work that, that they began to do. Um, but, but today he's kind of recognizing the crisis that he was going through. Now, this, and this is not a necessarily a historical figure. I know there are people, know there are people who have been through a string of bad events in their life, sure. And the story is about, do you still have faith in God when all is taken away from you? So today we're going to focus on the crisis. When I think of a crisis, the way I would describe a crisis is when you have multi-system stress. Multi-system stress, or even Failure. Multi-system failure. So, so coronavirus has been a crisis in a lot of ways. Not, you know, it's one event, and yet it's impacted our educational system and our economic system and our political system and our, you know, on down the line. It's impacted multi-systems. A crisis can come because there are a, there are a series of events. It can come because of one big event, catastrophic event. And my guess is we've all been through crisis in our life at one time or another, even in your personal life. You know, there's a saying that trouble comes in threes. I've had people say to me, you know, well, this bad thing happened, and then this bad thing happened, I'm waiting for the third. Because, you know, you can't, it's not just going to be two, or there's going to be three. We we believe there's, you know, trouble comes in three. But it's not just three. Sometimes it is just two. Sometimes it's five or six. But the thing is, in our, in our life, we experience, we experience a lot of happy, joyous things in our lives. We experience some difficulties in our lives, too. It's funny that we count the bad ones, right? What if we, what if we turned that around and thought, well, we had this really awesome thing happen. We had another awesome thing happen. Well, there's going to be a third one. No, we don't do that, do we? We keep track of the bad ones. Well, sometimes, uh, if you, you've been through that, I've been through that, where it does seem to come in threes or in multiples, bad event. There's a family in a church I served years ago that uh, went through, within a few months, the father, grandfather, had a, had a terrible stroke. Um, one of the, uh, the grown daughters was killed in an uh, automobile accident, and then the son-in-law, the, the husband of the other daughter, died very suddenly, unexpectedly, all within a few months. I mean, they were in crisis. They had a lot of things going on. They had a multi-system stress thing happening. So it's important for us when we start talking about crisis, it's important for us to affirm some things in our faith. I think the first thing to affirm is is that God does not do this to us. God does not do this to us. God does not cause your crisis. And I know we love to say God is in control. And, you know, that's going to be a sermon series another day. But things happen that are not God controlling it. Crisis happens. God does not do it to us. Second thing to affirm is that God is with us through the crisis. I know that sometimes it doesn't feel like it. I know that. But God is. God is with us through the crisis. And third, we can strengthen and grow through the crisis. It's 
yes, it, it, will, uh, it will be something that might leave a mark on us. We might have some scars from it. But we can grow and strengthen through it. So, how do we endure? How do we endure that uh, crisis that happens, a multi-system stress event in our life? Well, for one thing, we must depend on God. Depend on God. Depend on the God that was the author of creation. That called a, a people apart to be God's special witness through Abraham and Sarah to begin with, and then Isaac and Jacob, and on and on. Who helped them to find the promised land eventually. And even when they became slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt, God led them out of slavery in Egypt and through the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness to receive, to get to the promised land, eventually establishing a kingdom there. Restored them after the exile. Sent Jesus, who then also raised him from the dead. That God, depend on that God when you're in crisis. And one of the things you can do when you depend on God is lament. I've talked about this in recent weeks. To lament is to say, God, I've had this thing happen. It is terrible. It is torturous. I feel empty. I feel weak. I feel like I'm, there's, there's nothing left for me. Say those things to God. It's all through the Bible. Prayers of lament. That doesn't mean you're blaming God. It means you're expressing yourself to God. God can, take, God can handle that. It's a form of depending on God. I trust God enough to say, I can't believe this is happening. Depend on God. And understand it's a process. Understand it's a process. We, we really, really, really love to, to hope and pray that when things are really going bad, we can just pray, God, if you would just do this thing, like, like it's going to fix it. But the thing is, it's a process. And some days will go pretty well. Some days may not go so well. And yet God is with us. And we depend on God. I think a second thing is, is to develop resilience. Maybe I should say partner with God to develop resilience. There's a part God does, there's the part we do too, to develop resilience. In this series of Soul Reset, we've been talking about a lot of practices and insights that are about doing the important things, right? That build us, that make us stronger, that make us healthier in our spiritual life, in our physical life, in our mental life. We do those things, and then when difficulty hits... We're much more prepared for it. Much more prepared for it. So that, when we, so that we can love God with our heart, soul, mind, and body. That all of us is functioning in a way to love God and love neighbor. So we talk about practices of prayer and nutrition and rest and worship and relationships. And all of that, paying attention to all those things, build you and make you stronger, develops resilience, develops a capacity within you to get through the crisis. And then third, you've got to lean on relationships. You've got to lean on relationships. I know, I know, sometimes it feels easier to withdraw. It's, it's easier to just say, I'm fine, I'm good, Right? That's just way easier. Sometimes we may use other words. I shouldn't tell you this, I know, but, but I'm going to somehow. Um, that, you know, sometimes we even have like a, a tell, right? You have a tell. 
And for a long time, my tell was if somebody, if, if somebody asked me how I was doing and I really wasn't doing that great, I'd say, I'm peachy today. I'm peachy. Then people who really knew me began to understand what I meant by that. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't doing so good. Things weren't great. Sometimes it's easier to withdraw. And yes, you need time to be alone, absolutely. I, just, I think it's difficult and maybe not wise to trust our own thinking when we isolate ourselves in the midst of crisis. We need to bounce it off of somebody. We need to talk to somebody. We need to get it outside of ourselves. And sometimes that's difficult to do with a family member because they might be in the crisis too, right? So you've got to talk to somebody, a trusted friend, um, a pastor. You can go talk to a pastor. I've had people say, I just, can I just come and talk for a little bit? Sure. Sometimes we need a therapist or a counselor. That's okay. Some of us have done that when we needed to. There's another ministry that, uh, that we have here at the church that you, you've probably heard it, but you may not even know what it is, what, it, what they do, and, and, but it fits in perfectly for me to describe it right here. Sometimes you need to talk to somebody. We have a ministry that we have called Stephen Ministry, and someone who serves as a Stephen minister goes through pretty intense training. It's 50 instruction hours of what it means to listen, how to ask good questions, how to empathize, how to be respectful, how to hold confidentiality. I mean, in case you're wondering, the Stephen ministers don't like fill us pastors in. They, we understand up front. I've been here over four years, and I've never had a Stephen minister say, you need to know what someone told me. Never happened. They understand confidentiality. It stops with them. And sometimes, right, you just need that person to say, man, I just got to talk about this. So Stephen ministry is a, great, is a great way to do that. Now, we have a couple of folks, at least a couple of folks in the room who are Stephen ministers. I just want you to know they're here. So those who are in the room, in case you don't know, Emily Smith and Janice Servine, you ought to stand real quickly. They're back there. They're even repping blue Stephen ministry t-shirts. So, so thank you for being Stephen ministers. But that means they have monthly meetings, they do a continuing education, they have a supervision and accountability, I mean, all of that. And so it is an excellent resource if you are in a place where you think, I really need to talk to somebody. So Emily and Janet can, can give you some information of what it means to kind of get started with that and, and how you get involved with uh, uh, getting a Stephen minister. Because we need to lean on relationships. Because part of what Stephen ministry does is help us as church and our relationships be able to bear one another's burdens in an important and meaningful way. So, so we depend on God, we develop resilience, we lean on relationships. Now that family I told you about a little while ago, who had those things in really a pretty short span of time, they were remarkably resilient. They were remarkably resilient. Now it was hard, friends. I'm not going to downplay that. It was a hard, hard time. But they were remarkably resilient. And they kept being able to put that one foot in front of the other. And they kept doing the right things. Because before that crisis began, they were in church on Sundays. They were in Bible studies. They served. They, did, they took care of their own personal needs. They, they were doing all of those good things. Developing strength. Developing capacity within themselves. So that when the crisis hit, it was hard 
But they could function, they could go, they could move. And even after the, the worst of the crisis was over and it was time to kind of, what, was, what does it mean to put the pieces back together now? They continued in all those things. And I just, I just remember the, uh, the mom, grandmother, who uh, she was a, a tiny woman. I mean, I'm not kidding, tiny woman. And she would get her husband ready and get him in the wheelchair and get him to church. And, and one day she was a couple minutes late. And she, after the service, she said, I'm so sorry we were late today. I'm like, are, are you kidding? <laughs> I, I, what I wanted to say was the excuses people have said today to stay home, and you're here and you're a couple of minutes late, are you kidding me? I didn't say that. But I just said, it's, it's fine, it's really fine. And she, and she just, Yvonne, she just said, you know, but we just, we need to be here. We need to be here in our church. We trust God. And they were remarkably resilient. So these things help us to get through the crisis, right? And our example, of course, is Jesus. Our example is Jesus, who depended on God. When Jesus was in the garden praying just before he was arrested, he prayed, Father, if it is your will, take this cup of suffering away from me. However, not my will, but your will be done. Then a heavenly angel appeared to him and strengthened him. He was in anguish and prayed even more earnestly. Even more earnestly, he depended on God. Jesus was resilient through the entire ordeal. And he gathered, and, and then, but he leaned on relationships too. He gathered with his disciples for that last meal, right? He gathered with his disciples. And, as, and today, as we celebrate that last meal, we do so knowing that we depend on a God who saves, provides, and protects he develops resilience. We develop resilience to grow through crisis. And we lean on relationships as the body gathers for this meal. We lean on relationships because we need each other. And we're stronger together than we are on our own. So I invite you to pray together the prayer uh, to end the message before we begin communion. Let's pray together. God of comfort and compassion, we give you thanks for hearing both our praise and our lament. You welcome our true feelings and never withhold your love or affection from us. We grieve the devastation and suffering in our world. We grieve the loss of life and the loss of families. We grieve the deaths of disease and the destruction of addiction. Hear our prayers, O God of all grace. Come with your healing, come with your mercy, come with your power, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.